Welcome to the podcast of Church on the Rock in New Albany, Indiana. We believe the message you're about to hear will encourage you today. Are you good tonight? Yes. Hey, we got a good night tonight. I'm going to talk about prayer and we are going to pray. I heard a rumor about the Wednesday night church people. You want to know what it is? They're hungry people. It's the hungry people, right, that show up on a Wednesday night. It's the hungry people, the people that are hungry for God, ready to pray, ready to be excited. That's the people that show up on a Wednesday night. Or maybe you're just trying to get your life right after Halloween. I don't know. Some of y'all celebrated last night. You need deliverance. So either way, you're here in the house of God, so it's going to be a good night tonight. So tonight I want to preach uh, for for a few minutes. I'm not lying. A few minutes, maybe. And then, uh, and then we're going to take some time and pray together. Can we do that as a church? I think we need to do that more often as a church family. So, so we're going to do that. We're going to we're going to preach a little bit about prayer, and then you're going to be stirred up, and your heart's going to be engaged, and you're going to be full of faith to pray. And then we're going to have the worship team come back up here, and we're going to pray about some stuff as a church family, if that's okay with you. So if you got your Bibles with you, let's turn to 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy 2. We're going to start in verse 1. It says, Therefore I exert first of all that supplications, prayers, and intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. And so tonight, I want to talk about intercession and intercessors. Intercession and intercessors. So tonight specifically, I want to talk about prayer, but I want to talk about the prayer of intercession. So as we get going tonight, we need to talk about some foundational things when we talk about praying and intercession. First of all is this. We need to understand Sometimes people think, Christians think, which is wrong, but they think if God just wants it to happen, it's going to happen. Wrong. Some people think that their prayers don't matter. Wrong. Sometimes we believe stuff like this, and that's why it hinders our prayer life. But this is the truth of God's word about prayer and intercession. From Genesis to Revelation... God says in his word that he is looking for people to partner with him in prayer to see his will accomplished on the earth. God is looking for partners. The Bible says in the New Testament, co-workers, co-laborers with him to accomplish his will and plan in the earth. Now, God doesn't have to do that, but he wants to do that. Because most people are like, well, God could just do it. Yeah, he can. But he doesn't want to do it like that. He wants us as his sons and daughters to be involved in what he's doing. 
Of course God could do it by himself, but that's not the way he set it up. God is looking for us, for people, to partner with him so his will will be accomplished. How many of you know, if we don't partner with him, his will won't be accomplished in our life or in this church? He will go find other people who will partner with him, who will co-labor with him, who will co-work with him to see his will done on the earth. But God is looking for people to partner with. That's why the prayer of intercession is so important because God needs us and wants us to be a part of what he's doing. God's looking for sons and daughters, which if you're saved, you are a son and daughter of God, to pray the Lord's Prayer that his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. Guess what? If it was already happening, you wouldn't have to pray about it. God's will is not automatically happening on earth as it is in heaven unless people pray and intercede that his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. There would be no point for Jesus to tell us to pray that if God's will was automatically happening on the earth. It's not. God is looking for people to partner with him in prayer. Now stay with me. In 2 Chronicles 16 and verse 9, you could just write this down. It says, For the eyes of the Lord look to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on their behalf. God's looking for somebody. For somebody. He's looking for just anybody whose heart is set towards him to say, hey, I can show myself strong on their behalf. He's just looking for somebody to pray. He's just looking for somebody to reach out to him. He's just looking for somebody to partner with him. And it says when we do, God will bring his power and his blessing and his strength. But he has to see that somebody wants him. That somebody's willing to pray, willing to intercede, willing to say, God, we want your will to happen on heaven, in heaven, or on earth as it is in heaven. We're, we're wanting this to happen. We desire it. We want it. And we're going to pray for it to happen. God's looking for people like that. And I assume because you showed up on a Wednesday night, you're those type of people, right? You're those type of people. It says, for the eyes of the Lord is looking throughout the whole earth. So he can show himself strong on their behalf. So God needs people to partner with him in prayer. That's intercession. But do you realize that your life, your family, and our church, God's will will not happen unless somebody prays about it. It won't. You won't see what God has for your personal life unless you pray about it. You play a part in it. You won't see what you should see in your family unless you pray about it. God's looking for people to partner with him in prayer that, that the will of God would be done on earth as it is in heaven. But there's certain things that won't happen in this church unless there's the prayer support to get us there. It's already quiet in this Methodist Assembly of God church tonight. We have been told time and time again by many men and women of God about this church that this church is a region-changing church. It's great. I love it. I say it as well. But that will not happen just because it's written down on a vision paper that says we're a region-changing church. That will not happen just because we say it every once in a while on Sunday morning. Guess how that happens? 
people at Church on the Rock, all of us pray that that happens. We intercede that that happens. We get before God and partner with him to see that come to pass. And that happens in your prayer life. That's where it starts. And that's where God's will is moved ahead. The plan of God is moved ahead in our prayer life. And not just my prayer life. It's going to take more than my prayers to see that come to pass. It's going to take more than the staff. It's going to take more than a few leaders around here. It's going to take everyone at Church on the Rock praying out the will and purpose of God for Church on the Rock for it to happen. It's got to have the prayer support to get there. Pastor Nancy has said this, and many of you have heard this. She talked about she had a vision, and she saw her life in front of her, and it was like railroad tracks. And the more she prayed, the more the railroad tracks came so she could go further. But as soon as she stopped praying, the road stopped, and she could not go any further. Let me tell you, church family, if we don't pray, our church will be stuck here the rest of our life. And we could shout and we can jump saying we're a region changing church. But we're not going to change anything unless we do it in prayer first. Oh, y'all thought I came to play on a Wednesday night. The plan of God moves forward when we pray that the plan of God moves forward. And the more we pray, like Pastor Nancy said, the more that the tracks or the road gets laid so our church moves forward, moves forward, moves forward. Now, what's at the end of this road? The region-changing church we're called to be. But it takes prayer to get there. Are you with me? Now, let me tell you something. I believe in changing the lighting, which we have. I believe in comfortable seats, which we have. I believe in a new projector, which we have. I believe in the best kids' classes, which we have. I believe in great social media, in a great website, and a great live stream, which we just started, by the way. I believe in all that, and that's great. But that won't do it if we don't pray. It'll only get us halfway there. I tell you what it will get us, it will, it will get us a, a level of a church that has excellence, but there will be no power there. It's going to take prayer to get there. It's going to take prayer support to get there, and specifically intercessory prayer. Now, what is the definition of intercession? I'll give you a few. Because there's different types of prayer in the Bible. If you read the Bible... There's different types of prayer. There's prayers of supplication, of petition, uh, of intercession. There, there's many different types of prayer, but we're talking specifically about prayer, prayer and the prayer of intercession. The prayer of intercession is this. It's intervening on behalf of another. It's praying or petitioning or requesting on behalf of another. Some definitions of the word intercession is to come between or stand in the gap for another. When we pray, I'm specifically talking about intercession. And everything I'm saying tonight is not praying about yourself. But I realize this. If a lot of our church doesn't even have just a regular relationship with God. You're never going to get to the part where you're going to be praying for other people. If, if you're not even praying to God to ask God about yourself and what you need, you're probably not getting to the intercession part. I'm not accusing you, but I'm saying most people live there 
Because they already don't have a great prayer life only because they don't make time for it. But if they don't even do those basic things, I'm not dumb enough to think that y'all are getting around to deep intercessory prayer about other people, which is a completely unselfish thing to do, myself included. But when I talk about intercession or intercessory prayer, I'm talking about that through our prayer life, we are intervening on the behalf of another. We are praying and petitioning and requesting of God on the behalf of another. We are coming between and standing in the gap for other people who don't know how to pray. That's what we're doing when we are in intercessory prayer. We're, we are praying this way. We are thinking this way. We are standing in the gap and praying for others. So let's read again in 1 Timothy And we're going to start in uh, chapter 2, verse 1, in the New Living Translation. I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Notice it said intercede on their behalf. That's intercessory prayer. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live a peaceful, quiet life marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and pleasing God, our Savior who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. Let let me give you some examples tonight. Well, let me start here first and say this before we go any further into some examples in your Bible about men and women of God who prayed intercessory prayers. We need to understand this. Being an intercessor is not a certain type of person or a gift. It's supposed to be all of us. Now, no offense to Miss Donna or anybody else in here, but you all know, what what is the common assumption about intercessors? It's the grandmas in the church. It's Miss Dolores. It's Miss Donna. It's Miss Arlene. Miss Trish, those are the intercessors in church. It's a stereotype. You should, that should not be the only people praying around here. We, and we assume that that's a church culture thing. I'm not just saying this church, every church. It's no, it's like you got to pray in mama, you got to pray in grandma. Why are they the only people praying? Because people have assumed the only intercessors are a certain type of person or a certain gifting. No, the Bible says, I want all of you in Timothy to pray, to intercede on behalf of another. I want all of you to pray prayers of intercession. I want all of you to pray for those who are in authority. I want all of you to pray for each other. I want all of you to be intercessors and intercede. It's not for a certain type of person. Now, the thing is, We think certain people are intercessors and have that gift, and we don't. Why? It's only because they gave themselves to it, and you didn't. And guess what happens? When you give yourself to it, you desire it, and you want to pray more. And then those people have desired it, and they've given themselves to it, and now they've grown in that gift, and God is using them to pray for other people. But he could use you too, and he wants to. 
If we would just give ourselves to it, God would say, okay, you want to pray for other people? I'm going to give you people to pray for. I'm going to give you people in the church to pray for. I'm going to give you people outside the church to pray for. I'm going to give you prayer assignments that you could pray for Dr. Jacobs, and you could pray for Pastor Nancy, and you could pray at the plan of God for Church on the Rock. You could be 97 or you could be 9, but God wants to use you to pray. It's not the old grannies, and I love you old grannies. We would not be here without old grannies. We would not without praying mamas and grandmamas. We would not be here, but they should not be the only people that we think, well, they're the intercessors. No, you is the intercessor. You are. And when you count yourself out, you are missing out. And also, you are hindering the plan and will of God in your life and in this church. Saying, well, I'm not, the, I'm not an intercessor. No, you just haven't given yourself to it. You're not making time for it. Because if you did, God would grow that gift in you. God would grow that desire in you. And then once you prove to God, I want to do this, He'll start giving you prayer assignments that you could pray out things in this church. Once again, whether you're 9, 19, 27, 58, or 92, God wants to use you to pray and to intercede. Yeah, he wants you to use all those types of prayer in the Bible, but specifically he wants you to be an intercessor. He wants you to use this gift and this type of prayer, which is called intercession. It's praying or intervening on behalf of another. It's standing in the gap for another. It's petitioning God for another. God wants to use us. Do you believe that? You do. You believe that's you tonight. Everybody say, that's me. Everybody say, that's me. I can be an intercessor. And God wants to use me. Not just grannies. Yeah, just say it. Not just grannies. Y'all were thinking it. Just say it. He wants to use all of us. He wants to use all of us. Can I take you a little bit further? Okay. Let me give you some examples in your Bible of people that were intercessors. Really, all your heroes of the faith were intercessors. Let's start here. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. If you read in Genesis, those are the fathers of the faith. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. If you read their stories, there was multiple times throughout their life, there was times where they interceded to God on behalf of another. For instance, Abraham, father of our faith, he had a nephew named Lot. Lot was not right. Lot went to Sodom, Sodom and Gomorrah. And guess what he did? His uncle was right. And it says that Abraham interceded, even in the Old Testament, on behalf of Lot and said, God, would you spare the city if this many righteous people lived here. What was he doing? He was praying for Lot because Lot wasn't praying for himself. Y'all with me? Lot up in the club. He ain't praying for nobody. But he had a praying uncle. He had an interceding uncle. And it was, he was a man that loved God and knew God. And Abraham, he interceded. And guess what? Lot's life was saved because of Abraham's prayers. That's intercession. So Abraham, here's another one. Hero of the faith, Moses. 
read the life of Moses, think about how many times God said, I'm going to kill these people. Y'all read the Bible. God was like, I am tired of their mess. I'm going to kill them. I'm going to kill them all, Moses. And Moses is like, don't do that, God. You know, you're gracious. You're merciful. You're loving. And God's like, I am. I am Moses because Moses was a pastor. Read the life of Moses and God's people when they went from Egypt into the desert and then to the promised land. You can read many times Moses would pray to God and said, God, don't kill these people. Give them another chance. Give them another opportunity. God, spare them. And God would do it every time because Moses interceded on behalf of another. He was doing that for millions of people. He was saying, God, save these millions of people because you're a good God and you're a loving God and I'm going to intercede on their behalf. I'm going to pray on the behalf of another. Moses was an intercessor. I said, one time, God said, I'm going to kill them all and I'm just going to start a new nation with you, Moses. And Moses said, don't do that. Give them another chance. Give them another chance, God. Why? Because Moses was an intercessor and God listened to Moses' prayers. You with me? Here's some other ones. All the prophets we read in the Old Testament, read their books. Majority of the prophets, you'll read there's prophecy, but then there's also those prayers that they prayed. And what was their prayers? Almost every time they were praying on behalf of another intercession. They were praying for God's people. They were praying that judgment would not happen to God's people. That's intercession. Read Jeremiah. Read Isaiah. Read Ezekiel. These prophets in the Old Testament were all intercessors. They prayed on the behalf of another. Let's read one verse out of Ezekiel that, that embodies this. Ezekiel 22 and verse 30. So I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it, but I found no one. God's saying, I'm looking for somebody to intercede and stand in the gap for, for my people, but I'm not finding anybody. Who wants to intercede? Because if I, if I found somebody, I would step into this. I would save. I would deliver. Why? Because God's looking for partners. He's looking for people to co-labor and co-work with Him. And Ezekiel says, God said, I'm looking for somebody to be an intercessor. But because He found no one, the judgment came to God's people. Intercessory prayer is so important because God is looking for people that will pray on the behalf of another and God will hear those prayers and act on those prayers so we see all the prophets in the Old Testament in the New Testament we see that Jesus was an intercessor read the Gospels many many times Jesus would pray for people his disciples Read John 14 through 17, those chapters. There's literally his prayers written down, and he was interceding on behalf of all of us in John 14 through 17. He was praying for the Holy Spirit to come. He was praying for his disciples, and he was praying for all of us to come. He, he was praying for unity. What was Jesus doing? He was 
interceding. Jesus was an intercessor. But we see here that even though Jesus is no longer here on the earth, he went to the cross, he died, he resurrected, now he's glorified in heaven at the right hand of the Father. Jesus is still an intercessor. So intercessor is not like, ah, it's okay kind of gift, like certain people have it, certain people don't. Jesus is an intercessor. Y'all, it's cool to be an intercessor. Don't act like it's an old granny thing. Come on now. Jesus is an intercessor. Let me give you a verse, Hebrews 7. Hebrews 7, can we pull it up here in verse 25? Therefore, he is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. Jesus is in heaven right now glorified, sitting at the right hand of the Father, and He's still interceding on behalf of all of us right now. Jesus is an intercessor. You still with me? Okay. So, after Jesus was glorified and went back to heaven, guess what He did? He gave the authority to His church to intercede. To make intercession. The Bible says that Jesus gave the church the keys of the kingdom. To bind, to loose, to intercede. But the church has authority on the earth. And if intercession is going to be done on the earth for people, the church has to do it. And if intercession does not take place, the church will not finish the work on earth that God has called us to finish. We will not finish the mission that God left us here to accomplish. But here's the good news. We're not alone in finishing that mission. He sent us himself in the person of the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, to help us and empower us to pray and intercede. So right now, our job as the church, one of the many jobs we have is to intercede on behalf of other people. We are called to be intercessors, but not by ourselves. He sent us His Spirit, the precious Holy Spirit, to pray with us and through us and to give us the power to pray out the will of God in our life. So that's why we need to be careful and not assume that somebody else is going to do it. Well, God, I know you got intercessors. Somebody else is going to do it. No, that's you. The church, if you are the church, then that's you. God's looking to you to intercede. But you're not alone. He sent you the Spirit of God to help you do it. To pray out the plan and purpose and will of God. He gave you the power and desire to do it. He sent you the Holy Spirit to partner with you to pray and to help you intercede for others. Let me give you a verse about that. Because we're not alone. Because we know here we are all called to be intercessors. God gave us that authority as His church. But we don't have to do it by ourselves. The Bible says that the Spirit of God will partner with us and help us pray and intercede on behalf of others. That's what He's going to do tonight with us. Romans 8 and verse 26. 
Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weakness, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So we as his church are called to intercede, but we're not by ourselves. We have the gift and ability to pray, and the Spirit of God will pray through us the perfect plan and will of God. He will intercede on behalf of other people. He will intercede and the will of God will come forth. He will intercede and the will and the plan of God will go forward in our life and in our church and in our family. But the Spirit of God comes and partners with us when we say we want to partner with Him. Now how does that happen? That happens predominantly when we pray in the Holy Spirit. When we pray in the Holy Spirit, He prays out and intercedes through us the perfect will of God, the perfect plan of God on the behalf of other people. Could be, could be a, a lost person, could be a, somebody in our church family, could be a friend, could be praying for our church, could be praying for all sorts of stuff. But guess what? The Holy Spirit knows things you don't know. And what you don't know how to pray, He will pray through you the perfect way will and plan and purpose of God he will pray that through you if you partner with him he will partner with you that's what the Holy Spirit does because when we decide as his church to take authority the Spirit of God comes together with us to give us the power to do it he does and that's what we're gonna do in a second when we pray tonight we're gonna pray some in English and we're gonna pray some in the Spirit why? Because the Holy Spirit wants to help us tonight, intercede through us, but we have to let Him do that through us. That's what happens when we pray in the Spirit or pray in the Holy Ghost. So we see here all the great men and women of faith in the Bible were intercessors. Jesus was an intercessor. The early church were intercessors. And now it's our job as the church in 2023 to all be intercessors. And to make intercession for others. That's our job, but we're not alone. We have the Spirit of God to help us. And He's going to help us tonight as we pray. I wrote down three prayer targets for tonight. And for you in your personal life, if you could pray with me as the pastor of this church. Three things that were on my heart to pray for. Once again, we're interceding on behalf of another. These are intercessory prayers. The first thing is, we want to pray that the lost would be saved. We want to pray for souls in this region. This is a big region. Don't assume just because we live in the Bible Belt that everyone's saved. Uh-uh. Really, a lot of people in the Bible Belt aren't saved, but think they're saved because they grew up in the Bible Belt. Even harder than secular cities. Secular cities like, no, we lost. But people in the Bible about like, oh, I'm saved? Why? Oh, because my family's Catholic. Do you believe anything? No. I'm saved? Why? I grew up Baptist. Do you believe anything? No. The first prayer target I have tonight for all of us in here, as we pray, but then outside of this, is we want to pray that the lost would be saved. Do we still believe in that around here? 
Do we still believe that people need salvation? That people need to receive what Jesus has done for them? Trust me, there's hundreds of thousands of people in this region. They need to be saved. But guess what God is looking for? People to partner with him to intercede to see that happen. He's looking for people to intercede. It's not automatically going to happen because, like, man, I'd like to see people saved. It does not happen that way. We have to pray to see God's will and purpose done in their life. We want to pray that the lost would be saved. And specifically, we want to pray for the harvest. We want to pray that, that those people would be saved and they would find a church home. They'd find a community to grow in. So that's the first prayer target tonight, that the lost would be saved. And guess what I'm praying? That they would find a good church home. And trust me, I'm not just praying for this church. There's more than enough churches around that people need to fill these churches. Trust me, there's so much room in most churches. I'm praying that God would see these people saved and he would send them to the right church that would help them grow. And they could find their home. Next one. I want to pray tonight for miracle signs and wonders. Y'all still believe in that? Okay, just check it. We want to pray for miracle signs and wonders. I want to tell you tonight, and in case you didn't know, I still believe in miracles. Anybody believe in miracles? Maybe you got... Maybe you got stale a little bit. Maybe you just stopped believing a long time ago. No, I still believe in miracles. I still believe in signs and wonders. I still believe in healings. I still believe in deliverance. Why? Because I've seen too much. And I know too much. And I know that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God's still a miracle worker. God's still a healer. God's still a deliverer. But guess what he's looking for? intercessors to pray that that happens. Doesn't just happen because we show up to church. Trust me, there's some certain people been in a church for 40 years. They've never seen anyone healed, anyone delivered, anyone set free. Why? Because no one's asking God to do it. It takes people interceding, saying, God, we want you to heal. And not just me. I want you to heal other people. I want you to deliver other people. I want miracles for other people. That's intercession. And God responds to those types of prayers. Or do we just come into church? It's the same old, same old, man. I don't need anything. It ain't about you. I'm good this week. It ain't about you, sister. Ain't about you, brother. There's other people coming in here that got a bad doctor's report. Get over yourself and start interceding on the behalf of another. There's other people here dealing with suicidal thoughts just because you think you're doing good. Pray on the behalf of another. There's people in here struggling with addictions. And just because you got everything lined out doesn't mean they need your prayers. Unless we intercede, God won't move. He won't. Y'all are way too quiet tonight. The quieter you get, the louder I get. Let's see who wins. Hopefully I'm stirring you up. Now this is the kind of preaching that gets a church to get on fire and revival takes place. Or you just want church as usual. I don't want that. And we ain't going to have it in our church. If you want stale, tired, broke, disgusted church, go to another one. But we ain't staying there. 
No, we're going to see the, the move of God in this church. We're going to see revival in this church. And we're going to see people saved, the lost saved, real salvations. But also in this church, and it's going to get common, service after service, week after week, we're going to see miracles. We're going to see healings. We're going to see deliverance. We're going to see signs and wonders. Why? Because all of us are intercessors now, and we know what to pray for now. Because we got so many people praying, man, God's tangible power will be so present to heal every time we meet together. Am I preaching to myself today? or Y'all with me or not? Come on now, shake yourself. It's Wednesday night, but shake yourself. We need intercessors to pray prayers like that. Now listen to me. In case you're not listening yet. Some of you stop believing just because you, one time something didn't work out right. Y'all going to have to grow up and get over yourself. If you go live that way, you're never going to believe God for anything. Stop basing your faith off of experience that didn't turn out right. And start basing your faith off the goodness of God. Off the word of God. Off the fact that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I don't care if somebody died from something that you thought was believing God. God's still good and God's still a healer. He is. And he still does miracles and he still delivers people. Don't base what you believe off an experience of something you thought should have happened. Base it off of God's truth and God's word. Not experience. Or you'll never believe God again a day in your life. You won't. If you just base it off your experience. Because guess what? All of us in here have had enough bad experiences to make us say, Oh, I don't know. Guess where that attitude gets you? Right where the devil wants you. Because ain't nothing else going to happen in your life. Because why? You're, you don't got any faith anymore. We need to intercede on behalf of another. Even if you don't need anything when you come to church, which is great. Think about all the people that are coming. Think about people that need miracles, signs, wonders, healing, deliverance. You know, in the early church, in the early church, in the first 300 years of the church, I was reading this, and uh, Dr. Craig Keener, who wrote a book about miracles, he's one of the, he's one of the leading New Testament scholars in the world. This man has done his research. He literally has like 100,000 footnotes in, in his book about miracles. This man's done his research. He said in the first 300 years of the church, when you saw the greatest move of God, the early church in revival, the book of Acts, the two major factors for conversions or salvations was healing and miracles and exorcisms, which is deliverance. That's the reason people were getting saved. It wasn't because there was just all these great preachers preaching in the Roman Empire. It's because all those preachers had healing and deliverance take place in their meetings. And you can argue with a preacher, but you can't argue with the power of God. 
You can argue with a preacher, but you cannot argue with a healing of someone's body. You can argue with a preacher, but you can't argue when somebody got the devil cast out of them and they're a different person. You can't argue with the power of God. That's why in 300 years, the church took over the Roman Empire and the Roman Empire went bye-bye and the church is still here today 2,000 years later. Why did Christianity do that in 300 years? He said, Dr. Craig Keener, the two major factors for conversions or salvation was physical healings and miracles and deliverance. That's why the church grew so rapidly. Not just because they had good preachers, and I know they had good preachers too. It was they tangibly saw the power of God. Do we still believe that? Come on, do you still believe that? If it worked for the early church, it works for today. And guess what? God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He was healing in the Gospels. And he was healing in the early church. And he's still healing today. He's still performing miracles today. He's still delivering today. But he's looking for somebody to ask him for it. To intercede. That's when it happens. When he's got people interceding that it happens. Pastor, why didn't it happen in America but it happens in other countries? Because Americans don't care. Americans don't give a rip. They don't need deliverance because they have medication to numb their feelings. They don't need healing because we got good health care. People in third, third world countries believe this. Why? Because they don't have a doctor to go to. It's believe God or die. And guess what? They believe God and they live. Pastor, why don't we see this in our church and we don't see this in America? Why don't we see this? Is anyone interceding? Is anyone interceding? Trust me, most people aren't. That's why God's not moving like he says he's going to move. Why? Because he's looking for someone to partner with him. Looking for someone to intercede and say, God, we want miracles, signs, and wonders. You did it back then. You did it in the early church. And you're the same God that can do it today. And how about we all get beyond ourselves? And say, God, I'm good. I don't need anything. But let me pray for the rest of the people coming to our church. The rest of the people in this community. God, perform miracles for them. Perform healings for them. Deliver them. God, I'm standing and interceding on their behalf. Maybe they don't even know they need it. Maybe they don't even know they want it. But God, let me intercede on their behalf. And God will hear your prayers. He's looking for someone to intercede. Let me give you a verse. Acts 4, 29. 33 your pastor's wild tonight but I ain't taking any of it back and now our Lord hear their threats and give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word stretch out your hand now this is a prayer that the early church was praying stretch out your hand with healing power may miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus after this prayer, the meeting place shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and when they preached the word of God with boldness, all the believers were united in heart and mind and they felt that what they owned was not their own so they shared everything they had. And the apostles testified powerfully 
to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and God's great blessing was upon all of them. The early church prayed this and we can pray this same prayer. God, stretch out your hand to heal. God, stretch out your hand to deliver. God, may miracles be done in the name of your son. God, we want you to move. And the early church prayed that and guess what? God did that. God did that. Read the book of Acts. Time after time after time again, God did that. Why? Because somebody was interceding and asking him to. Lastly, I'm going to pray for each other. Steve, you can come up and play. Actually, the whole band can come up. And we're going to pray. Did you guys get anything tonight? Hopefully I shook you up a little bit on this Wednesday night. I just challenge you with what God's challenging me with. Lastly, pray for each other. Think about this. We need to make this normal in our church community that we pray for each other. Yes, pray for the lost to be saved. Yes, pray for the supernatural, miracle signs and wonders. But let's pray for each other. It should be normal in life groups we pray for each other. It should be normal in the relationships with other people in this place we pray for each other. Our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. We need to pray for each other. And when we do that, the love of God will be poured out upon them. The presence of God will be poured out upon them. I love this quote. If we truly love people, we will desire for them far more than it is within our power to give them. And this will lead us to prayer. Intercession is the true way of loving others. I want to challenge you. We we want to pray for each other in this place as a church community. And the Bible says that there's a healing that takes place. There's love that takes place. You know, if everyone in church prayed for each other, guess what? There would never be any strife in our church. I'm not saying there is, but there would never be any strife. There would never be any offense. There would never be any division. Because when you pray for people, you love those people. And then not only do you love them, but there's a healing that takes place. James 5 and verse 16 in the Amplified, look at what it says. Confess to one another, therefore, your faults, your slips, your false steps, your offenses, your sins, and pray also for one another that you may be healed and restored to a spiritual tone of mind and heart. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. So when we pray for each other, I believe the scripture is implying not only does that person get healed, but you get healed. Something changes in your heart too when you pray for one another. So could we stand up tonight? And we're going to pray about a few things, and I just like to have music with me when I pray. But we want to pray for those three things tonight, and I might have some people come up and help me. We're going to pray in English, and we're going to pray in the Spirit. Hopefully that doesn't freak you out. But we're going, to, we're going to pray through the power that the Holy Spirit gives us tonight to pray out the plan and purpose of God. Thank you so much for listening today. For more information about what's happening at Church on the Rock, visit cotrin.org.